Last year, I had the opportunity to list my Montecito guest house on Airbnb. This was part of a special project that Airbnb spearheaded to build connection and to make the world feel a little less lonely. It was such a pleasure to get to know my Airbnb guests over dinner and share my home with them so that they could rest and recharge on their trip. But typically, the beauty of hosting on Airbnb is that while you're away, someone else can get as much joy from your home as you do. Being a host on Airbnb is great for those who travel frequently, have extra space, or own a seasonal home. If you've stayed at an Airbnb, you know the unique experience it offers. And now you can share that same experience with others in addition to earning additional income on the side. To learn more about hosting on Airbnb, head to airbnb.com slash host. Hi, Elise Lunen here, co-host with Gwyneth of the Goop podcast. Today's guest is Dr. Robin Burzen. She is our next guest in our special eight-episode series that we are hosting in partnership with Banana Republic called Women on Top. I'll tell you a little more about that before we get to our conversation. Some of the most interesting businesses, or maybe all of the most interesting businesses, were born out of curiosity, a desire to explore, to ask questions and share answers. This is the space that Gwyneth was in when she started Goop. It's also the space from which Banana Republic was founded back in 1978, when two California creatives with adventurous spirits began upcycling military surplus clothing. And the rest was history. When we talked to the team at Banana Republic about partnering up on a special podcast series, their vision revolved around the idea of living a life with no boundaries. This is the inspiration behind their clothing today. It drives how they source premium materials from around the world, the ways they choose to innovate with their designs, and how they think about infusing style with substance. This is all on display in their fall collection, which combines iconic Banana Republic styles with a modern twist. To see it all and to shop Banana Republic's fall collection, head to bananarepublic.com goop. Don't hold anything too tightly. Just wish for it, want it, let it come from the intention of real truth for you, and then let it go. For me, our soul is like it's unbound, it's limitless, but we will use words to limit ourselves. When people stop believing that somebody's got your back or Superman's coming, we turn to ourselves, and that's where you become empowered. Courageous participation attracts positive things. I'm Gwyneth Paltrow. This is the Goop Podcast, bringing together thought leaders, culture changers, creatives, founders and CEOs, scientists, doctors, healers and seekers, here to start conversations because simply asking questions and listening has the power to change the way we see the world. Today is no exception. I'll let Elise fill you in on her extraordinary guest. All right, over to Elise. Dr. Robin Burzen is a practicing physician and the founder and CEO of Parsley Health, an amazing program that combines primary care with a functional approach to medicine. Robin designed Parsley because she wanted to get to the root cause of disease rather than only treating the symptoms. During her residency, she realized just how little time doctors spend with their patients and how our healthcare system continually sacrifices quality for quantity. She felt compelled to change the game. 
Parsley Health is designed to increase the time spent between doctors and patients, which allows doctors to deep dive into the roots of disease. Additionally, she implements the use of health coaching to follow up with patients and actually keep us on track. Robin believes in being the architect of your own health. Get your mind on board with your body. Like you can't fix your your bod without looking at mental, emotional, spiritual, and whether you have a meditation practice or an exercise practice or something that allows you to self-soothe, be present, kind of get into your physicality and calm, that is when your body's in a parasympathetic state, which is your rest, digest, relax, and heal state. And when the body's there, then the body can start fixing things. But if you never let it go there, then you don't get to fix anything. Okay, let's get to my chat with Dr. Robin Burzen. I obviously have known of Parsley and your work, and we've met before, and I've been able to interview before, but never like this. Never like this. That was a very fun panel, though. It was fun. Yeah, you held it down. It was good. Those panels are always the highest ranking events, too. I mean, people are just desperate, as you know, in your own experience, for clear, concise insight into how to navigate their wellness, really. Yep. So how did you get here? How did you land at functional medicine? Did you have a healing crisis? You know, I'm, it's interesting story because I didn't have a personal healing crisis. If I like, I've had to dig way back because sometimes I'm like, where did this come from? Why am I doing all of this? But when I dig way back and I think back to college where I was not pre-med, did not think I was going to be a doctor, but I ended up in the middle of college at some point, taking this course on cancer and the sociology, biology, epidemiology of cancer. And it was taught by this incredible geneticist at my university, one of the top foremost researchers in cancer. And at the time, I think what inspired me to take the course looking back is that my grandmother was dying of colon cancer Mm -hmm. and she had smoked cigarettes her entire life. And that's one of the number one causes of colon cancer. And as I started digging and researching, I ended up writing this paper on alternative therapies for cancer and cancer prevention and kind of getting into the medical research, which is a world I'd never touched before. And if I think back, it was really that moment that helped me think, huh, I'm kind of really interested in this stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I went to medical school at Columbia knowing that I was interested in public health chronic disease, primary care, prevention, holistic forms of medicine. By that time, I'd become a yoga teacher and a meditation teacher. That was like my side hustle in med school. And those things really stuck with me as my interest areas and and through that discovered functional medicine. Got it. And so were you practicing for a period of time before you started Parsley or did you just go right to it? Relatively soon. So along the way, I also co-founded a healthcare technology company enterprise software for hospital systems with a buddy from med school. And that kind of got me bit by the tech bug. Mm -hmm. And then after training med school residency, I was in this kind of crosshairs where I was consulting in health tech, but also practicing medicine in a really amazing integrative functional medicine clinic in New York City. And I think I had this moment of these two worlds don't align. I'm really passionate about both of these things. I see how technology is going to transform healthcare. I see how the functional approach could transform healthcare, but like, how does that mm-hmm. mash up for me in any way? And those experiences crystallized in this idea of, well, wow, I can actually bring them together. And can we almost create a new healthcare system that brings the best of primary care, the best of functional medicine, 
the best of new technology in a model that makes this form of medicine accessible. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of the germination. And I saw how powerful the functional approach was to help people heal. And I saw how important it was to bridge the gap between healthcare and medicine as we think of it and wellness in a world where 90% of our disease costs are due to chronic lifestyle-driven diseases where we're living ourselves sick. Mm-hmm. But I also observed how the functional and integrative space had had become extremely inaccessible from a price point standpoint, from the way that it was operated. And I don't know, crazy ideas were, were born. <laughs> yeah. and, this is, and this is where we are. No, it's so interesting because I feel like functional medicine is often it's it's its own thing. Like I think some pe- people who don't know what it is are often like, that makes it so much sense, right? This idea of understanding root causes rather than treating symptoms. And also this, what has become very modern mashup of technology, as you mentioned, and lab testing and really understanding your baseline, like your data, and then care. Mm-hmm. Because too often... When you're when you're theoretically a healthy or well person, you go through your you know you get your pap smear, you have a quick conversation, you don't. There's no other real, at least for women, there doesn't seem to be any other baseline check in what's happening. It's kind of wild. Like you're you're just hoping for the best. And I remember when I came to Goop and the first time I started working with functional doctors and having that moment of like, do you feel joy in your life? I know some of those things are creeping into Western medicine as well, but th- that sort of those stop you in your steps. Yep. Questions about how you're living your life. I know that's not a question, but yeah, it feels no, it's, like it's it's missing, right? I mean, we've we've lost some fundamentally important things. We've lost the long-term relationship. The research shows that when you have a doctor who knows you, who knows who you are, costs are lower, outcomes are better, patient satisfaction is higher, but we've made medicine really transactional and we've Mm -hmm. made it really inaccessible. Like one of the crazy things about Parsley is that 365 days a year, you can write in and ask a question or get a refill. You have this constant communication and health is happening in your life you know, 99% of your health is happening in your life. It's not happening in a doctor's office. Mm -hmm. And yet our medical system has pushed us into this place where we have these very transactional, often desperate moments. And those are our only interactions with the medical system. And so in this way, having this relationship where are you going through a divorce or a breakup? Are you in a new job and you're really stressed out, what's happening with your family. You know, your health didn't happen today. It's an amalgamation of everything that's happened to you in your life that got you here. Mm -hmm. And so you have to get to know someone as a whole person. You have to look at someone over time because what happened two years ago or 20 years ago matters. And then you have to look at all of these things that get sort of pushed aside in medical culture as soft and yet they they drive the majority of our health outcomes, which are the social determinants of health, mm-hmm. what you eat, how you move, your environment, how you manage stress, your relationships. These things are driving most of your health. And doctors, drugs, procedures, interactions with the medical system only actually account for a small percentage of it. But medicine sort of ignores that entire really rich data set. And then you have all of the cool diagnostic testing. It takes new information 17 years on average to get into medical school education. And so we have the microbiome and genomics and hormones and toxins. And so what I love about functional medicine is that 
it's bringing the, together the best of modern medicine and the best of primary care, but with this holistic view, mm-hmm. which is what we need for today's world. The old system doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. And to your point about women, you know, the research shows that women and minorities don't get heard by doctors mm-hmm. in the medical system as much. Our pain gets ignored, our symptoms get dismissed. But that's crazy when you think about it because women are medicine. More than 50% of doctors are now women. The majority of primary care doctors are now women. Women drive 80% of healthcare spending in this country. And only like something like 13% of healthcare CEOs are women. And so we have this entire service layer that's like fundamental to the functioning of our lives that's been designed, you know, for and by men over time and where women haven't had this voice and then subsequently aren't heard in the same way. And so it's just a space that's so ripe for so much change. And Parsley is part of that. There's lots of folks who are part of that. I think Mm -hmm. what you're seeing right now is this kind of groundswell of saying wellness is amazing and now there's a kind of force function Mm -hmm. or an energy pushing to say this has to come to medicine too. Exactly. Because I think too, you know, the wellness movement is trivialized or mocked, you know, as this trite undertaking of people who have too much time and too many resources. And I know... Don't get me started on that one. I know. It's it's very dangerous because it's, as you mentioned, it's primarily led by women who have been overlooked, who know, we know our bodies, we know when things aren't right. right. And like being well is obviously both an essential part of longevity and being there for your family, but also infinitely less expensive. But I do want to get you going. Where do you think that that comes from? Just the fact that the the healthcare system was designed by men or where does this, I mean, I know it's like hysteria and the uterus and wandering uterus and. Yeah. I mean, I think it comes from so many places. I mean, I think it comes from the medical system and, and its history of, of, being somewhat reductionist and thinking and sort of, you have this symptom, take this drug, right? And that was important in a world where infectious disease was like the number one thing we were dealing with. Mm -hmm. And in a world where we have chronic lifestyle-driven diseases, heart disease, diabetes, depression, gastrointestinal issues, infertility, autoimmune, these things that are a slow burn that we live our way into, that kind of whack-a-mole approach doesn't work anymore. And I think it comes from that. I think, you know, women drive 80% of healthcare spending. They're also the early adopters of all health tech, of all healthcare, of wellness, of yoga, of all of these things. The research shows that at least historically, men only engage in their health once they're already in crisis. True. And so women have been the ones listening to their bodies. And our bodies are awesome, right? Mm -hmm. It's the only vehicle you're going to have for life, the only car you'll have for life. And they have so much information to share with us. And we're, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know why, but maybe a little bit more tuned in. But women are listening to that. And I think the wellness movement comes from that. And... When I said don't get me started, it's it's the dismissal of wellness by medicine that makes no sense. When we know that, again, nutrition, mental health, environment, relationships, movement, these things drive so many of your health outcomes, we'd rather spend hundreds of thousands of dollars ripping a vein out of your leg and tying it around your heart when you have heart disease than spending a couple thousand bucks up front to help empower you to understand your health and to live differently. 
And that that is an economic value system, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a lot of my work is around how do we bridge that gap yeah. between medicine and wellness because they're they're part and parcel of a continuum and the same thing. And we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Pharmaceutical drugs are awesome. They're really important tools. All of the modern testing, like I nerd out on that stuff all the time. That's what we do. But it's awesome, but it's not enough. Yeah. I think too, it's, it's important to understand where the resistance is coming from. And I think change in general is hard. And I think we're also living in a world, obviously, that's becoming much more bottoms up where people have access to information and validation. They don't necessarily have to go to their teacher, their doctor, their priest, whoever it may be. Like the patriarchy is crumbling, right? But I also feel too, like there is this it's not a war, but it's unclear who, it's unclear where the resistance is actually really coming from. Because I feel like I meet so many conventional doctors and so many researchers at university who are completely on the side of lifestyle medicine and absolutely think it's important. Like that's the first thing they want to understand is what people are eating. So it's also, I'm curious where you think it's coming from. This Because it feels like it's kind of a lie, like that there's this created that there's this tension mm-hmm. that's been established right. that when you actually start poking holes in it you, it's hard to find people who aren't who are on different sides oh i i think they're there oh you yeah, do yeah 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 okay. i mean coming from you know the proverbial ivory tower of medicine in my training i definitely know it's there mm-hmm. um you know even my dad who just retired as chairman of medicine at a community hospital for after 30 years of of practicing you know it took him quite a while to kind of get it. I think it's generational. Mm-hmm. I think it's our research paradigm. You know, the randomized controlled trial, which is the gold standard, is pretty old research paradigm, and it's pretty clunky. Like, it's somewhat narrow in its focus, and so it's great for showing if a drug is better than another drug or if a drug will, like, kill you or not. But it's not great at looking for these multifactorial overtime factors, like what are you eating and how does that mm-hmm. impact you? And then I think it's also, you know, our healthcare system is a, is a big, well-intentioned, awesome beast, right? That is, and anything like that, you know, turning a speedboat is much easier than turning the Titanic. Mm-hmm. And I think that that just by the nature of it takes time. I, I had this incredible experience this week. One of my professors at Columbia Med, who's just a renowned doctor there, she's probably in her 80s at this point, and she sends me this email, you know, hi, Robin, I don't know if this is still your email address, but I had to tell you a patient of mine, her daughter was dealing with kidney failure and no one could figure it out. And she ended up seeing one of your pediatricians and being diagnosed with toxic mold and she's better. Mm. And... I wanted to commend you for seeing a future as it didn't yet exist, even when you were here, because she knew me. And I like cried when I got that email because, yeah, that validation matters to me mm-hmm. from these incredible institutions where I train, but where most people were not necessarily on the same wavelength. And I think sometimes you can think, how does not everybody not just see this, right? Yeah. And yet... I think to your point, it is changing. Yeah. No, I think that there's, you know, mold is an interesting example too of this idea of like us imagining some sort of crisis, but 
to your point, like toxic mold is deadly. And there are so many things in the environment and in that are already circulating within our bodies that are problematic. And yet that, that concern is often also invalidated by like your body can detox itself. And the idea of trying to sweat more or being careful about what you consume or put on your body is not essential. Like your body can handle it, which I think we also know is sort of a fallacy. Do you imagine a time when we'll look that we'll look back and be like, that was so crazy? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that we'll see that because what we're talking about here is just thinking outside the box and thinking more broadly, right? Mm-hmm. I always describe the toolbox that you learn in medicine as being really fantastic, but being primarily composed of certain tests, certain drugs, certain procedures. And when you start to think of nutrition and sleep and meditation and supplements and this wider and more modern array of diagnostic testing is adding to your toolbox. It's not an or, it's an and. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, your ability to help someone heal, which is what doctors are here to do, teach and heal and guide, is just so much broader. And mm-hmm. I think, I do absolutely think that we'll get there. And I think that, and I mean, you guys, like Goop is a huge part of this, right? It's... We've seen in the past five to 10 years, especially five years, just this groundswell on the consumer side, on the individual side saying, we want to feel well. Being alive and existing isn't good enough, right? Mm -hmm. We want to feel well and we want to listen to ourselves when we don't. And we want to pay attention to the signs in our body when we don't feel that way. And medicine is great for keeping you alive, but it's not going to necessarily help you thrive. And those are two different things. Mm -hmm. And I think what we're talking about, at least at Parsley, is like, well, how do we just expand the mandate of medicine Mm -hmm. and make it bigger? Yeah. I think too, you know, so much of it is like, if you remove the problematic factors, right, the body will heal itself. Do you think that that will come to a time when And it seems like this will happen and it can't be that far away when we'll each have sort of a blueprint to ourselves, like our genetic potential fail points and the ways in which we can steer ourselves, like that we'll have ultimate autonomy. Not that we won't obviously need doctors and need nutritionists and need guidance, but that we'll be so dialed in to how we individually need to live that we'll have most of the power. I think we'll be much more empowered than we are now. And I think that medicine is moving towards personalization. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like as we understand, I mean, we are at like this, what I call the snowflake on the tip of the iceberg of genetic understanding, right? We're just like barely scratching the surface in terms of what we know about how our genes impact our health. Although we know, and that snowflake's pretty big, right? We know a lot. And we, at, at Parsley, we use that information all the time. But to your point, I think it's just about personalizing treatment rather than saying one size fits all Mm -hmm. and the research was done on this small group of people and we're going to ignore that maybe those people aren't like you or whatever. Yeah. Um, Or all men. Yeah, exactly. And we're going to begin tailoring things to you and using your personal data that includes everything from your genetics, your epigenetics, which are the genes that are turning on and off in real time, your gut microbiome, your skin microbiome to your mental state and your spiritual state and your emotional state, which are, we know, huge drivers of the neurohormonal cascade happening in your body every day. If you are stressed and living in fight or flight, sympathetic overdrive, you're proverbially running from the lion all day, 
your body can't heal its immune system. Your cortisol goes up, your blood sugar goes up, you're in metabolic disarray, you crave sugar. Mm -hmm. All of these things happen and they're coming from from the mind, right? And knowing that too, we've sort of separated mental health and physical health in our current medical system. And that's another thing I love about how, how, how I get to work as a doctor is that I recognize that those things are not separate and how could we possibly consider one without the other? Yeah. And even the idea of the placebo effect, which is and how how it's perceived as like if you get a placebo and you get better, you're a dupe, right? Like you must you're so gullible. <laughs> when the reality is the mind is incredibly powerful and the placebo yeah. effect is an incredibly high bar for these studies to to beat. And the fact that we have continued to downplay the power of our own minds. That, they, that these outcomes are imagined, right, is also really frustrating. I don't know. How, that whole thing needs to be rebranded. Yeah. I mean, our minds are incredibly powerful tools. And vice versa, we have so much power over our mind state through our bodies. Right. You know, the ability, the way that sugar creates inflammation in the brain, the way that simply exercising. Exercise goes head to head with a lot of antidepressants. If you are not moving, then you are probably not sleeping and probably not pooping. And lots of things that should be happening in your body are not. And if you sit in front of a desk all day and you kind of calm the jitters with the wine at the end of the night and then you don't sleep well and you're on a rinse and repeat cycle, you are on a crash course for things like depression and anxiety. And so one of the things in that's been really cool and gratifying is to see how many mental health providers, whether they're psychiatrists or psychologists or therapists or healers refer to us at Parsley because they love to see like what else is going on in the body mm-hmm. that could be driving this. One in eight women in her lifetime will be diagnosed with a thyroid condition. If you are constipated, have dry skin, gaining weight and depressed, you could have low thyroid function. But so often women get told, oh, you're just depressed, take this medication, you need to work out more, it gets dismissed, right? Back to the not listening. You're just getting old. Yeah, it's just aging. Yeah. You're 34, Embrace the belly flat. Yeah. yeah, and you're like, no, what? what's going on here? And then you test for it and it's there. Mm-hmm. And we're, you know, a little bit too too much like zero to ambient in this culture yeah, and not asking why and not looking under the hood. We've had some incredible success helping women get pregnant with and avoid IVF simply because we helped balance blood sugar, balance hormones, lower inflammation, understand the underlying triggers of some issues that were then identify thyroid problems. And these things all, when solved, resolved in resulted in healthy pregnancies and women who were told that they would never get pregnant without IVF. And these things are, you know, the power is there. Last year, I had the opportunity to list my Montecito guest house on Airbnb. This was part of a special project that Airbnb spearheaded to build connection and to make the world feel a little less lonely. It was such a pleasure to get to know my Airbnb guests over dinner and share my home with them so that they could rest and recharge on their trip. But typically, the beauty of hosting on Airbnb is that while you're away, someone else can get as much joy from your home as you do. Being a host on Airbnb is great for those who travel frequently, have extra space, or own a seasonal home. If you've stayed at an Airbnb, you know the unique experience it offers. 
And now you can share that same experience with others in addition to earning additional income on the side. To learn more about hosting on Airbnb, head to airbnb.com slash host. We'll get back to Dr. Burzen in just a second. I mentioned a few weeks ago on the podcast that curiosity is my favorite state of being. I try to carry that attitude with me every day, and it's certainly easier to do it at a place like Goop that places such a premium value on being curious and feeling empowered to explore and ask questions. Banana Republic is another company that values curiosity. Their founding story starts with a California couple who's looking for an adventure. Fun fact, Banana Republic began as a safari-inspired clothing company. And today, the inspiration for their clothing is designing for a life in motion, or as they put it, living a life of possibilities with no boundaries. Their fall collection is iconic Banana Republic, styled for now. So there are utility-inspired styles made from premium materials. Think your favorite dresses and pants updated in animal prints and menswear patterns. And quintessential suede jackets and cashmere sweaters that you'll wear for many seasons to come. And now, Banana Republic is celebrating some true modern icons with Goop, through our special podcast series, Women on Top. I hope you'll listen to every episode. These are the women who lead with power, grace, and curiosity, who I think define what it means to break boundaries, and maybe most importantly, who are working hard so that others too can live a life of possibilities. So keep listening and keep shopping with our friends at Banana Republic. To get their fall collection, head to bananarepublic.com goop. There's a workout, then there's a Goop workout, and then there's Goop League. Goop League is our first major fitness-focused experience. We're launching this new event the weekend of October 12th to 13th in a city that we love and that's become something of a second home to us. That's Austin, Texas, guys. And we'll be at our favorite, the Line Hotel in downtown Austin, right on the river. What in the world can you expect from the Goop team this time? Goop League is all about tapping into the incredible potential of the body. We're bringing together some of the most talented and cutting edge instructors and experts from the world of fitness. These are the people who are redefining physical wellness and shaping the way we think about and approach the mind-body-soul connection. As a guest at Goop League, you'll get to take three classes with these top practitioners in several different studio spaces. Ground, lift, pulse, burn, and release. And some of my very favorite teachers will be there like Anna Ray, a former dancer from LA who has developed a wholly unique, compelling, and fun movement method that revolves around reconditioning your fascia. It's extraordinary, I promise. And Colette Dong from the Ness in New York City will also be there. The executive team at Goop recently did the Ness's new bounce and sculpting classes together when we were out on the East Coast. It was hard, not gonna lie, but it was kind of hilarious and very cool. And of course, you'll get to see and do a lot more if you come to Goop League. There will be our pop-up shop, food, drinks, and a bunch of power stations where we'll have tools for soothing sore muscles, relaxing, and just finding a little zen. So to join the Goop League, you can get a pass for the event on Saturday, October 12th or Sunday, October 13th. Just head to goop.com slash goop league. Back to my chat with Dr. Robin Burzen. So in terms of the, the breakdown of who uses Parsley, what percentage of it is people who are 
just want to maintain or improve their overall wellness or maybe rebuild their immunity and and how how many people come to you because they are out of options, need a health detective, cannot figure out what's going on? Across the board. So we have three core user groups. There are folks who are optimizing. Mm -hmm. They don't have a diagnosis. They don't have symptoms. Oftentimes there's a personal trigger, maybe a family member diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. Maybe they had kids and they kind of want to clean up their act. Maybe they've been reading Tim Ferriss all day and are really <laughs> just ready for that genetics test, you know? Uh, and we love working with those folks because everybody gets sick sometimes and the uh, data that we have available to help people optimize is awesome. And then we're there for them when I have one patient in New York, he's like a 30 year old guy, looks like the healthiest person on earth. And he is, and he's one of those people, he knows he has two copies of ApoE4. So he wants to reduce his Alzheimer's risk and optimize heart health. But along the way, he got a tick bite, he got Lyme disease, Mm -hmm. he had a side effect reaction to a drug another doctor prescribed him. Like stuff happens, right? We're human, no matter how healthy we are. So that's one crew. The next crew is symptomatic, but doesn't have a diagnosis. So that's folks who are trying to figure it out. They're not feeling well, they're bloated, they're breaking out, they're exhausted, they're anxious, their digestion's off. They don't have a disease, they're not looking you know, for the last ditch detective, mm-hmm. but they want somebody to put the pieces together. And then the last group is folks who do have a diagnosis. Maybe they have heart disease or MS or infertility or depression or whatever the case may be, and they're frustrated. They're the ones who say, I'm frustrated with not having time with my doctor. I'm frustrated with asking for these tests and having them look at me like I have three heads. I'm looking for a quarterback for my health. I'm looking for somebody to manage this and figure it out. And so it's really across the board. And in New York, which is our original center, you know, we started seeing kids too. And we're going to extend that across the country. But now we see like families. Mm. And that's really cool. And so it's kind of everyone. And mm-hmm. it's men. And we work with men and women. We're slightly more heavily female in population because, again, women are the early adopters. They're yeah. the ones that jump on board, which is awesome. But it's kind of our oldest patient is 89. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's, been, it's really hard to get men engaged in health. I know this from my personal experience where <laughs> my husband is literally like pre-diabetic. I mean, he's, the, he's thin, but he's, as he would say, his blood sugar is out of control, but I can't. I'm working him into, you know, getting some testing, but he's going to resist. Yeah. Well, sometimes they see the numbers though. Yeah. For that type of, of well, perspective, sometimes they see the the data and they get a little bit competitive with I themselves, know. which is a lever you can pull. <laughs> it's also ironic because I feel like most men I know are the hypochondriacs and are diagnosing every single thing on right. the internet, right. whereas women are like, I'm sick and I'm still going to go to work. <laughs> so what's your, so for the people who are generally well wanting to maintain their wellness, like what do you recommend? Like how do you like people to eat? How do you like people to supplement? Let's assume it's a 35-year-old woman or 35 to 45-year-old woman. Mm-hmm. 
So we developed something called the Symptom Tracker at Parsley, and it's 45 questions that look at nine body domains. And I have rarely seen the person who takes this two-minute quiz who says that they are perfectly healthy that has a score of zero. It never happens. So we all have something, right? And I think that's the starting place. The other starting place is just hearing your history, your story. Do you have a family history? What I might recommend for that 35, 45-year-old woman with a strong family history of breast cancer or heart disease might be a different set of tests and a different diet or different things than somebody who doesn't, right? So you need to look back in time as well as right now. But then from there, it's often about, on the nutrition side, taking out the crap. So Mm -hmm. refined sugar, refined flour, processed foods, all the things that come in a wrapper bag that you pop open, something that didn't grow out of the ground, those foods are poisonous. They're filled with pesticides and dyes and preservatives and things that our bodies were never meant to work with, right? And so, and then just the sugar and refined carbohydrate factor, when you spike your blood sugar and you spike your insulin and you do that on a repeated basis, you create this massive downstream effect that affects your hormones, your brain, your gut, And then from there, your immune system and everything else. And so a lot of it's not about, you know, eat paleo, eat keto, eat vegan. Like those specifics might be right for a given person in a given context. And we will recommend a very personalized nutrition plan in that way. And at times we may recommend intermittent fasting or a ketogenic diet. And those things absolutely have their place. Mm -hmm. But the number one thing that we have everyone do is get all of that stuff out and eat real food, which takes more time. And a little bit of hunting and a little bit of sort of wherewithal, as I I discovered in the airport in in Boise, Idaho this weekend, coming back from a wedding. You know, you have to kind of say, this is what I care about and this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to not eat this thing and find something that, that fits here. But that's number one. And then supplements, I know it's like such an annoying answer, but... It's so highly personalized. Some people don't need any supplements. Mm-hmm. And some people really benefit from, I benefit from magnesium glycinate. It helps me sleep at night. I benefit from methylated B vitamins because I have certain genetics, so they boost my mood for sure. Mm-hmm. If you're pregnant or thinking about getting pregnant, you need a certain type of prenatal, but you don't need that later. Probiotics can be really, really helpful, but aren't necessarily needed all the time. So it really comes down to those things. And then the last thing is get your mind on board with your body. Like you can't fix your, your bod without looking at mental, emotional, spiritual. And whether you have a meditation practice or an exercise practice or something that allows you to self-soothe, be present, kind of get into your physicality and calm That is when your body's in a parasympathetic state, which is your rest, digest, relax, and heal state. And when the body's there, then the body can start fixing things. Right. But if you never let it go there, then you don't get to fix anything. Are there on supplements, since obviously not all are created equal from claims on the bottle not being matched by what's inside or the amount to issues of rancidity? Like it's an unfortunate problem. It gives supplements a bad name because there are some bad players. Are there any brands that you particularly like? So, you know, you, you, you say it like there's some bad players and then on the consumer market, it's just like impossible to know what the good ones are because you look at a shelf at your 
pharmacy or your local grocery store and it's like my eyes cross in there, right? So for us, because we're doctors, we only work with supplement companies that only work through physicians. And so they don't sell direct to consumer. Mm. So they're made in what's called GMP certified facilities, which are pharmaceutical grade facilities that are vetted. They have third party data, meaning a third party analyzes what's in them and says, yes, this thing actually contains what it says it does and isn't contaminated with scary things and so forth. And so anything with like our label on it is made by one of those companies. Anything that we carry in our office is made by one of those companies. And there's a bunch of them. There's like 10 to 15 of them that I could rattle off that mostly aren't selling direct to consumer or aren't at all. But that way as physicians, because to your point, supplements can be really powerful and supplements Mm -hmm. can be powerful tools and they can be really helpful and they can be much more side effect and a better long-term game plan in some case than a drug, or they can just be supportive in a certain period of time, whether it's magnesium or an adaptogen. I know you guys have an amazing Mm -hmm. line. And so it's about knowing where they're coming from and knowing that whoever's representing them is some something that someone that you trust. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that's been our experience is GMP certified and all you have to do ingredient testing and you have to do ingredient testing, lab testing, like sourcing. It's a mess. And you have to know, right? And I think the biggest problem with them, a lot of what's on the market is that it's like not that it's going to hurt you. Some of it will, but most of it won't. <laughs> but it's that most of it is so little of the active ingredient that it's like taking a quarter of an antibiotic and wondering why your sinus infection doesn't go away. Like right. it's just not useful. Right. And so I think that's where the professional grade stuff. And if you guys are using professional facilities to manufacture, you're getting a different potency and quality of ingredient. And so that thing's going to like work Yeah, if you're going to bother to take it. Right. And so that's for us what we, what we stand behind. Yeah. Is there, when you sort of look ahead, both tactically and otherwise, like what are you excited about? Are there certain things that are mainstreaming now or becoming available that you think will be transformational? I'm really excited about all of the diagnostic testing that's kind of getting into our hands and empowering us with information. So I'm a big fan of all of the at-home diagnostics. A lot of doctors like hate them because, you know, people say, oh, people don't know what to do with this information. They don't know what it means. There is a risk of some of these direct-to-consumer tests not being, you know, medically accurate. So obviously we have to regulate that. But I think it's great because I think why should we not want people to be more curious and interested in what's going on in their bodies? Like, that's a good thing. I do see people left a lot of times sort of unmoored with that information. Mm -hmm. Like, it could be something so simple as a vitamin D and they bring it to us and they're like, what do I do? And how much to take and how often and what should my levels be? And when do I retest? And that's one point. The retesting is really important. Don't just Mm -hmm. test once. Like, test, take an action, test again. I'm just excited about how accessible all of this information is becoming and how much people are excited to like learn about their health and wellness and to, you know, I saw a long time ago, like a, some article in the newspaper about like, it's so bad that all these people are obsessed with wellness and want to know all these things. And I wanted to like, and then the author was a physician and I wanted to like shake that person and say, this country's problem if you just want to focus on the U.S. for a second, this country's problem is not people being too interested in their health and wellness. Yeah. Sure, there are some people who might take that too far, 
but the vast majority of people need education and motivation and inspiration to get excited about their health and to learn more and start doing something about it because that's the cool part. We actually can transform. Totally. And the tr- and having the transparency into what's actually going on and having access and an understanding of what those levels mean also breeds accountability. And I think we all want that for ourselves, right? right. It's very disempowering to feel like you have no control over your health when in fact, I think we know we can affect it dramatically. Are there baseline tests for people who can't see a parsley doctor that you, and what, what age, like for women, do you think that they need to establish like a hormone baseline or baseline in general? Yeah. I mean, you know, as young as possible, like when you graduate from your pediatrician and your, (laughs) (laughs) whenever that happens for you, for some it's later than others or earlier than others, but you are, I think in a great moment and even as early as your early twenties to understand where your heart health, your hormones, learn some things about your genetics and become empowered with that information and and then to retest at periods in the future, right? And to see where you're landing. I think there's no like time that's too early. We sort of have said in culture, well, like don't bother with any of that, right? Mm-hmm. And why are we waiting until it's too late to test for things? Most of these tests are, most of the things you can do are just blood work and they're Mm -hmm. relatively cheap or inexpensive or covered by health insurance if you have it. They're not, you know, we have, we certainly offer at Parsley lots of what I call fancy pants tests, but not everybody needs those. And that's certainly not necessarily where we start. We start with in-depth blood work. And these are things that lots of doctors or any doctor can order, looking at your thyroid, looking at your female hormones, looking at your nutrient levels, looking at inflammation markers, looking at what's called an NMR profile of your heart health. So the shapes and sizes of cholesterol mm. particles, not just the total number, which is not super helpful. Kind of getting those deep dive looks or as early as possible because then you have a baseline. You know where you were. Yeah, no, it's interesting. And even thinking about something like cholesterol and our understanding of it and how that's evolved and how, I mean, as a child, I have, I have high cholesterol, total number. And I was a skinny little kid, but I was put on a very restrictive diet with this idea of forcing that total cholesterol down. And then I was sort of let off, seemingly let off the hook until recently when, I don't know if you know Dr. Lekos, but he was looking at some of my genetic factors and he essentially was like, you are not someone you can ever do bulletproof or eat butter and high fat, like with abandon because of your genetic predisposition toward high cholesterol, which I thought was fascinating to sort of in a way come full circle. Yep. Come back to it. I mean, and that's a great point. Like we see people doing a lot of these diets and there are people who really need to be on a plant-based high fiber diet and cannot get away with these high fat diets. And so people are doing them without the diagnostic testing, not knowing that you know, it's a smaller percentage of people that that happens to, but I, I, we see it all the time where, yeah, you got to get that MCT oil and, you know, high fat dairy like out because it's not, it's not Mm -hmm. working for you. Exactly. Um, and so that's what I'm like excited about seeing, seeing more of just as everything kind of shifts. Do you, how do you feel like this, this whole world becomes more accessible for people? I think as we see more and more medical grade, but consumer available diagnostic testing, it'll put pressure on the system to take the 
veil off of what are somewhat false prices. Mm-hmm. I think that as you get more education per providers out there, one of the things we've done is we've built an in-house fellowship that trains doctors in the functional approach. Mm. And just we need more providers to understand this, but I think that will, because I think as you have greater availability, right? It's kind of like basic econ 101, like demand and supply. As you increase supply of people with this knowledge base who are on the provider side, prices will come down. And I think that you're seeing it just across the space of everything happening in consumer health, right? There's just more and more and more of it because people want to feel good. um, And that's a good thing. This might not be an appropriate question, but do you collect, and this is like a potentially triggering. I've been watching the Facebook documentary, but do you think you'll have a data set at some point that you can extract bigger learnings, like bigger cultural learnings that are applicable to a wider swath of people? Yes, absolutely. That's one of the sort of driving missions of Parsley. We, you know, it's all anonymized. We don't, we're not selling our data, but we are tracking outcomes. We've Mm -hmm. actually shown that we reduce chronic prescription drugs by 77%. Mm. I mean, we have real data already in cohorts around gastrointestinal disease, blood sugar, autoimmune conditions, hormone imbalances, already showing that we're helping people immensely improve or even resolve these conditions. And so as that data set gets larger, one of the things that I've always had as a North Star for Parsley is we've started out at a very relatively affordable price point at about five bucks a day for the membership. And we don't bill insurance directly because insurance hasn't quite caught up to the model that we have, but it's getting there. And one of the things that we're, one of the reasons we're collecting outcome status to be able to work with the insurance companies and say, look at the, how we move the needle, look at how this approach to care moves the needle and look at how people investing in their health in this way are changing their own health outcomes and Mm -hmm. how could you not pay for this, right? How could you not reimburse this and how could you not reimburse it not at the peanut-like primary care rates that has forced primary care doctors to see 40 patients a day at 15 minutes each, which is not getting anybody anywhere. How can you reimburse it at rates that are commensurate with the value that's being created? And that's one of the things that's hopeful in the American healthcare system is that there is this underlying movement towards what's called value-based care. So we need to get away from volume, paying for volume, and pay for value. Because if you think about paying fee for service or paying for volume, the system is incentivized for you to stay sick Mm -hmm. because it gets paid every time you come back. And in a value-based model, which is what Parsley is, where it's a membership, and there's many other Examples of that, Iora Health, Oak, there's like lots happening. Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services is really prioritizing this. You're seeing this movement towards understanding, and it'll always be a blend, I think, of value-based and fee-for-service. It's hard to do just one or the other, but a move towards recognizing how do we create more value for people now. And so that's another way I think prices will come down. And yes, the the onus of Parsley at looking at our own outcomes data is to be able to affect that kind of change. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Dr. Robin Burzen. You can learn more about her at robinburzenmd.com. That's B-E-R-Z-I-N. Parsley Health has centers in New York, San Francisco, and Los Angeles. To sign up for a membership, you can go to Parsley Health at parsleyhealth.com. 
That's P-A-R-S-L-E-Y. That's it for today's episode. If you have a chance, please rate and review. Hit subscribe to keep up with new episodes and pass it along to a friend. Thanks again for joining. I hope you'll come back this Thursday for more. And in the meantime, you can check out goop.com slash the podcast.